I kind of want to complain because they just never make it easy on themselves. It's almost frustrating, but at the same time, all these late game winners, it's pretty exciting. So it's like, should I complain? Should I not? Let's just be happy, I guess, that we left with the three points. I think we definitely need to be happy. I mean, this is this has been a, a good set of games, buddy. I mean, I, I'm loving it so far. I'm I don't care. Well, I don't care how close it's getting. It's getting it's feeling nice. Well, this this is your first year as a season ticket holder, so you've definitely yes. gotten to enjoy some some late game magic. So maybe we should attribute some of that and give you credit for bringing that. Yes, yeah, for sure. Well, well, welcome everybody to episode number nine of Battered Herons. We are the Men in Pink, and we are about to celebrate another win. But before we get into that, our first topic of the day is some breaking news from earlier today. Yeah, where we just found out that we had our my favorite game of the year yeah. you haven't gotten a chance to experience it yet no but i told you a lot about it we had to reschedule the orlando fc game we're on from september 4th which is a saturday night game and they moved it all the way to october and made it a wednesday night game what what are you thinking chris are you happy about this move well i'm definitely not happy and especially to a game i was i was looking forward to uh, when it comes to playing against Orlando, I know that you've even told me that it, it's a crazy game, it high is, intensity, and I was really looking forward to it. I mean, I had plans. I mean, I know you remember that. I was thinking about going to the Orlando game uh, when they were mm -hmm. playing Inter-Miami in Orlando, but yep. I ended up not going, um, you know, luckily, because it was like a two-and-a-half-hour, almost three-hour rain delay or something. I was it really ended looking, in a heartbreak. Yeah, and I was looking forward to doing it at home here, but... I mean, I guess Wednesday, it's going to make it difficult, but I, I think I'm willing to make that drive over. Well, I mean, the benefit would is technically that we now have two home games to end the season. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't really – I think that the fan base for – I mean, I, I don't know. I've never seen them travel on weekdays. I would assume it's harder to travel on a weekday, so maybe – they won't bring as many fans. It kind of takes away from the excitement because I enjoy it. We sit on, on the we sit on the side of the of the visiting supporter sections. So yeah. when Orlando has come in the past, it's a yelling match between us, and and I love it. Although that we've been on the losing end sometimes, I, I really enjoy. It. I was looking forward to it. September fourth, it was going to be fun, but uh, I mean now we have these two road games to end the year, and it, it sucks because. To end the year, we're going to have two home games, yes, but it's going to be within five days of each other, I believe it is. So it's a short turnaround to have the two probably the two most important games of the year at that point. Yeah, I mean, it's look, it's still going to be an exciting match. I, I think it's still going to be an exciting game, you know, weekday or not weekday. Um, I mean, I'm looking forward to it. I think that at that time, one of the key things here is that you're definitely going to see a lot of just, you know, a lot of jostling for or jostling for 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 that playoff yeah, spot in for between sure. four and seven, so mm -hmm. I feel like maybe it, it's it, it makes it interesting in that aspect, but you know who knows? I mean, at that point, we'll be able to see where everybody stands, and and we'll be closer to the end of the season. This is gonna be this is gonna go down to the, to, to wait right now. I think it's between fourth place and thirteenth. 
between fourth and thirteenth, it's separation of well, let's say fifth points between fifth and thirteenth place. Yeah, fifth and thirteenth, it's five point difference. That's insane. So every game's gonna count. So those last two games are gonna be crucial. You know, this goes this goes back to where when I was mentioning, man, I wish I can get that Cincinnati game back, man. Oh yeah, yeah, man. That's really wish we can get that back, man. I am 100% sure that at the end of the season, when we're like breaking down how many points we need and, oh, these two games are coming up, Orlando, and I forgot who we end the season with. It might be Montreal. I forgot. But whoever it is that we end the season with, we're going to be thinking, we're going to be like, man, if we would have had those two extra points from against uh, Cincinnati, we'd be sitting pretty. Yeah, man. And, I mean, right now we're technically still in seventh, but it, it sucks. And this Orlando thing, it, it really sucked. I was looking forward to that game September 4th. Now, after – Next week, uh, August 20th, we're going to get to Toronto. We're not going to play again until September 13th, which is yep. a bunch of road games. And we have a bunch of road games in September already. So they just took one of the home games away. So it sucks. Now, one benefit is that it's going to be one less game that Campana misses because you would yeah. assume that Campana is going to be back for that game. So, well, I mean, if we're trying to look at the positives here – we, we have two home games to end the season, and now we're probably going to have Campana back for the Orlando game, which we probably weren't going to have for September 4th. Well, one of the things that you're talking about as far as Campana is concerned, you know, it's it was stated, like like we said in the last podcast, somewhere between four to six weeks as far as the return is concerned. But mm-hmm. uh, when I was listening to the interview with Phil Neville, he actually mentioned he's going to, you know, he believes that he's going to see Leonardo Campana make a, a speedy recovery very, very quickly. Now, I don't want him to return prior to feeling at least close to 100%. Um, you know, so I hope that they don't make that same mistake again. But at least I can look forward to maybe seeing him in the next month. Uh, maybe a little less. Uh, and they do end in Montreal. They do play, I, they, they do end playing against Montreal. I, the, the thing with, with me is I, I really think that the fact that the World Cup is in November is going to play a large part in this. Because I know Leonardo de Campana wants to be a part of that World Cup team. Now, if he already has his spot on the roster, I think he might not worry as much. But let's say hypothetically he thinks that he still might not be a, a, a shoe-in to get on the team. He might be trying to hurry up and get on back on into Miami just so he can score some goals and show his form. He, he wants to prove himself to get on that World Cup team. So I think a lot of it is going to depend on that. And Phil Neville. I mean, he knows what it's like to play on on the largest stage. So he wants Campana to get that experience. So I think he's going to be going out there and trying to give him that spot also. I just really hope that he doesn't rush back and end up costing himself too much in the future. Yeah, for sure, especially for such a short-term gain. You know, I mean, uh, who knows what's going to happen with Campana after this season. I I mean, you know, only time can tell just based off his productivity and how he'll be in the World Cup. Uh, You know, it's... it's, uh, it's something that it's 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 something that I see as a positive thing to look forward to, at least for the team. Well, selfishly, I I, I want him to. Um, well, actually, no, it's not selfishly. It's just I feel like the team is doing so well offensively right now without him. It's not selfish. It's I'm okay with him taking his time because I feel like him coming in. Maybe it'll mess up the, the chemistry just a little bit, even though when they were all playing together in that Montreal, was it the Montreal game that he got injured? Or no, yeah. the San Jose game? It I was, was the I, San Jose game. I, I believe it was the San Jose game, yeah. 
they they were look they look like they were playing very well together. But I feel like right now the whole Bryce Duke with Bosuelo and Iguain and Robert Taylor, I feel like they're working very well together. And as soon as Campana comes back, let's say they throw him into the starting eleven, which I don't think they would do immediately. But if they eventually do, you don't sit down Iguain right now. Yeah. So who's who's gonna lose those minutes? I think Bryce Duke gets thrown back on the bench, which would really suck. But well, and and you know what? And and speaking in speaking in regards to that. I guess we could just leisurely hop over to talking over the NYCFC game. Uh, you know, I saw offensively that we were uh, gelling so well. Um, we were attacking. I felt like uh, we were we were we were moving the ball very well. There could have been some some better passing here and there, um, but we were we were we were pretty efficient with our attack. Now our defense, that's another thing. But as far as attacking goes, I felt like uh, we weren't settling for those uh, lost headers in the sky just to kind of recover and, and hit from the outside. Bryce Duke, I thought, didn't have one of his better games, I guess. But I, I didn't think that the offense looked poor overall. I thought that they were creating chances. I thought Robert Taylor had a great chance to start the game and Sean Johnson had a great block. Yeah. Um, Iguain is is and Pozuelo, their, their their chemistry is off the charts and, and same thing with, with Bryce Duke. Um but I guess let's get into the game. So yeah we started off obviously like and you know what I, I forgot to to break it down but we started going down again we were losing we had to come back we were down one zero uh off of a set piece really it was just a set piece it was a beautiful set piece honestly the way they set it up with Chanel going ahead and giving the header and hitting it back to to Magno, and then he he uh, he scored that little dribbler. It was a soft, but I mean it was it's a beautiful play. So it's not much you can do there. But once we're down 1-0, less than 10 minutes later, Bosuelo finally got his first goal. Now, we said, well, I said that Bryce Duke didn't have one of his better games. But if you watch this giving go, it was go a good between, play by him. It was a give and go. Look, it, it was Bryce Duke to Bosuelo, back to Bryce Duke. Back to Pozuelo, and then Pozuelo just beautiful finish to the right corner. It was like, this is what I've been waiting for. I've been waiting for Bryce Duke and Pozuelo to start lighting it up in the midfield. And yeah. it looks like they're finally getting it to going. Well, and I'll tell you this much. I mean, just off the replay that you were going to you were gonna show right now, when it comes to the passing, that's one thing. And I'm going to rewind the clip real quickly just to kind of go over it. Uh, I mean, you see the passing. They're, they're really being picky on how they're passing. And and they're and they're working, they're flowing together, they're advancing the ball. You know, it's not about kicking back and bringing the whole squad down. You could see right here. You know, uh, Pozuelo kicks it over to Duke. Duke is patiently waiting over, and then the moment that he sees the last second dwindling, he does a beautiful through pass, which sets up Pozuelo perfectly to hit him with the with the with the bender on the right side of the goal. And I'm honestly, I'm surprised when I watched that replay that Iguain kind of uh, closed in towards Pozuelo because that's one of those plays where Iguain kind of drifts off a little bit and Pozuelo yes. hits him with a cutting pass. But, I mean, it didn't really matter in that case because Pozuelo did a great job, and that was just his first goal. Now, I, I need to emphasize the fact that Pozuelo owns NYCFC. He's now played yeah, 12 games. In 12 games, right, spoiler alert, he scored again in the game. In 12 games, he has nine goals and five assists. That is ridiculous. He yeah, dominates this team. That's why I was so surprised when they played in that playground that they play in over there in Yankee Stadium that he didn't play better. But, I mean, I guess he didn't have, 
Yeah, in that sandbox. <laughs> but I guess they were closing them in. But so we were feeling pretty good, right? We were at the game. We were feeling pretty good after that goal. And um, after after this goal is when things got a little weird. We thought we were going to go into the half tied 1-1. And you and I were feeling pretty good about our chances going in 1-1. We felt the offense was looking okay. Uh, but then this became the, the talking point for, for the large part of this game is that second goal by NYCFC. Now, they said that there was a minimum of one minute left in the first half. And as you can see here, we got the replay up. It is well past one minute. We're approaching two minutes after. Yeah. Now, a lot of people are saying that obviously the refs have it out for into Miami, but then again, every t- every fan says that about their team and the refs yeah. hating on their team. I thought that if Miami would have gotten the ball, their foot on the ball and just cleared it, the half would have been over. We just couldn't get out of our own end. NYCFC I, kept kept pushing and pressuring. I felt like the referee felt like they had an advantage and a scoring opportunity every time they touched the ball. And that's why he didn't blow it. Like, I am not as um, – I don't think it was that big a deal. I didn't think that what the referee did was that bad. I I, I kind of understand why he didn't blow the whistle. Well, and, and I feel like it was, it, was, it was very close, very close in. It's not like they got the ball, you know, out of the box or even close to out of the being in the box. I mean, look at that. They, We're just they, they, pausing they the video never, right now. They never really played it back. And what, uh, Inter Miami at one point, I think it might have been Robert Taylor, tried to clear it, and that's why it left the box. But Maxi Morales got it and then brought it right back forward again. Like they were always pressuring and attacking on that play. There was at no point could you say that they weren't going for the goal. So I felt like the referees, like I mean, they they still have this opportunity. And another thing is, when they say that there's extra time, they say a minimum of one minute. Yeah. That doesn't mean that once the 60, sec- 60 seconds are up, that the whistle they blows. Call it. Yeah. Right. It's a minimum of one minute. It didn't reach two minutes. So I don't think it was that big a deal. I know a lot of fans were upset. And I know if we don't win this game, a lot more people would be talking about this. But luckily, I mean, it, it didn't cost us too much. Well, I mean, you know, of course, you know, hindsight being what it is, obviously, we come out with the win. I mean, it doesn't look pretty because it's a last you know, a last moment win, but I, I can see where people get frustrated, you know, where they can see, well, you know, the refs have it in for us, you know, they should have called the game, but look, it's a play devil's everybody advocate here. That. Yeah. Doesn't everybody but, say that? And to play devil's advocate here, the issue is at the end of the day is that the defense has a job and they have to clear the ball. They have to make sure that this ball is cleared no matter what. I mean, the defense could have been a lot better. You know, you and I spoke very briefly earlier today. It was messy. It was it yeah. was a mess. It was. It was a disaster. I mean, I mean, just looking at that goal, you know, it was tough. It was definitely tough to watch. Uh, and but then we have you know this goal right here, where you have uh, Lassiter all of a sudden plays it in. And now here, one thing that I want to show you is just the beauty of Iguain, man. I mean, look at this. Yes. You yes. know, it, right here I'm he sorry, gets it. Iguain. Yes. Oh, well, hold on. Let me, let me, uh, how do I get this out of here? Uh, I, I want people to see your shirt. I want people to see your shirt here. Look at that. Look at that beauty. Look at that shirt. Wow. I, just for, just for I, all I of you that it. are, I mean, just, it. just for all of you that are watching, look, we're, we're looking at an image of Danny right now. And he has this beautiful shirt that says in pink on top of a black t-shirt. 
I'm sorry, Iguayan. Just in case every, anybody's interested, this is the Very first time I've seen this shirt, okay? First time <laughs> I've seen this shirt ever in my whole life, okay? <laughs> but getting back over to, to, to the play, right? So mm -hmm. let's go ahead and bring it back up. You know, this is where you just see class, man. I mean, we're talking about Iguayan. He is such a skilled player. He sees that he has no other opportunity other than dishing it forward over to Lasseter. He plays it that was, over. That's a beautiful little pass, huh? And he plays it perfectly. I mean, it, that that kick with the left foot was just, I don't know if it was luck or if it was just, you know, patience, but he just turned 180 and just booted it right past Johnson. And one thing that I got to say about this play in particular throughout all the plays is that, man, Lasseter really, really needed this. He really yes. needed this. Yeah, man, he's been he's been he's been rusty since he came back. Yeah, and and especially seeing that Coco is coming, and you know, a lot of people are really fighting for the for the wing spots, and mm -hmm. you know, he really needed this to sort of boost him up, boost his ego a little bit. And he seems honestly, and this is one of my favorite players in the team, uh, other than Emerson, of course, but yeah. he seems <laughs> to be one of the most humble players in this team. You don't see yeah. him complain. You don't see him uh, bitch. You don't see him fight. He's always, always willing to do whatever it takes, just from my point of view, of course. Yeah. Well, I agree with you. And I think that, he, like you said, he needed this. Uh, I'm glad he got it because the, the way he, he showed up in San Jose, that was rough being subbed in and then subbed out in the same game. It's never a good look, but he needed this. Now, before we keep going on the game, I did want to touch on something that isn't necessarily the game related, but I felt like we needed to address it. When we scored that first goal and the game became 1-1, now we went to the game with our wives. Yeah. After that goal, it was about the 40th minute, and our wives decided to go and get some coffee. Now they left in the 40th minute. We went and we met them during halftime. And it's crazy that getting, they, it's crazy we ended that they're getting back to our seat at the 50th minute. Yeah. Like what kind of and that line wasn't that long. If Bustelo is your sponsor, please have some people that one know how to make coffee and two do it efficiently. Because for us to be in line in the 40th minute and not get back to our seats until the 50th minute, and mind you that we had an extended extra time. And the fact that we have a halftime in between is a little ridiculous. Look, uh, I think that right now we need to make this make this immediately uh, jump onto the internet. Hashtag <laughs> Abuela Bustelo, okay? All we need an guys, Abuela making it. Yes, we need Abuelas making our Café Bustelo. And Café Bustelo is personally my favorite <laughs> coffee to use making Cuban coffee. I mean, I just had some a little bit ago. Don't judge me. It's late at night. I don't care what you guys have to say. Okay. I drink Cafe Butelo and I'll drink it at any time of the day. Uh, it is blasphemous that our wives left before the half was finished. We walked over and they still didn't have a cup of coffee in their hands. And we had to wait in line even longer for whatever it is. I mean, look, it's, it could be better. Well, it, it could be better. And Honestly, if it was good coffee, I would have felt a little better about it, but it wasn't even that good. And I no, feel bad for trashing it, 
But I feel like it's if they are a sponsor, they need to be well represented. So you go ahead, you get the best all the abuelas, abuelita, get all the, the best abuelas. abuelita you can, and get her behind that counter because we need better coffee. We need more efficient coffee, and we need the spumita. Hashtag we need abuelas. That's it. Make it happen. Right, so we, can get, we, we can get back to the game. I, I just I just wanted to touch on that because I felt it was necessary because oh, that was, was one of the disappointing. Necessary. That was one of the disappointing parts of the game. Unfortunately, it was a fun game, but but that was that was. I'm sorry that that needed to be addressed. It was super necessary. <laughs> super necessary. All right. So at that point, we're two two, and we're thinking maybe we get a draw. We do. We don't. I don't know. But the cardiac herons strike again. And your boy, my boy, the man that has, I mean, I, we said that we were looking at him as our savior. And I'm not going to lie to you. He saved Iguain's career, in my opinion. That man I mean, look, is Pozuelo. Yeah. And I mean, look at this play. This was just, you know, Pozuelo just taking advantage. It was a terrible pass because if you look there, uh, the outside back, he he faked as if he was going to go back towards the goalie. And he complete the CB completely misjudged it, passed it, and Pozuelo just took full blown advantage. I mean, look at this. He thought he was coming over, and Pozuelo said, Oh, thank you. But doesn't it feel nice for that to happen in our favor? Because I feel like we've had so many poor passes that we end up paying the price for. Like that that one that way they scored was it in Cincinnati? I figure out what team was it that scored in like 28 seconds or something like that. Like those things always happen against us. It's yeah. nice that for once it happened in our favor. And Pozuelo, the beauty of this is that they've they've been pressing and it's paying off. Like this doesn't happen if we're just letting them build up from the back. But we're constantly pressing. And Pozuelo jumped on it. as soon as he saw it. He jumped on it. And and one of the things that I noticed from from Phil Neville's press conference after the game is that's what he mentioned in what the tactics are at the moment is that he wants to push more up. He wants to be more aggressive. He wants yeah. to be, you know, you gotta more... force. You got to force those turnovers, those bad passes. Yeah, and, and so far, it's been working. I mean, we've been getting scored on, too. You know, don't get me wrong. We have to plug up some holes in our defense. But at the same time, We've been we've been scoring goals. Now I don't want to say that it, it's it's uh, Pozuelo is like the you know the person that brought life back over to Iguain because I think before Pozuelo played, if I'm not mistaken, maybe I have to look at the stats. I think, I think that, you're mistaken. I give all the credit to Pozuelo. No, I mean look, I, I I'll tell you I'll tell you ninety percent of it to me, it's mm -hmm. it's Pozuelo. Ninety percent of it is Pozuelo without a shadow of a doubt. But you know you got. Campana who lit up a fire under Iguain. That's one. For sure. And, and then For you sure. also, and then you, I believe about two games before Pozuelo came in, and it may have been after the signing of Pozuelo or the discussion of Pozuelo. I think that Iguain had a goal or two, if I'm not mistaken. I'm going to have to look back to it, but I think so. I can't remember. I do remember that if he did have a goal, I still wasn't giving him enough credit for it because yeah. I just, I, I didn't believe it. But once yeah, Pozuelo came in, I think, and I mean, I guess I, I, it's hard to blame him because he's in his mid to late 30s. I think he's mid-30s. So for the last, let's say, 10 to 15 years, he's been playing top-tier soccer. He's a striker. yeah. So he's used to getting 
top-tier talent feeding him the ball. When he came to the MLS on this Inter-Miami team, when you have Pizarro trying to find you in the box, it's just not the same as what you have when you're playing for Real Madrid or when you're playing for Juventus and uh, I forget where else he's played. So I, I get that the reason why he's maybe frustrated, yeah. but he, I felt like he was too demonstrative. It, it wasn't it wasn't helping the team in the long run. So he should have known what he was signing up for. But once Bosuelo came in, Bosuelo is a top talent. He can find him. He's he's world class in my opinion. He played in La Liga, so I think that this has gone a, a long way in make, helping Iguain feel comfortable. Like somebody's can find him. So not only is Bryce Duke playing at a top tier, but then you have Pozuelo, the MVP from 2020, feeding him the rock also. So I think that's gone a long way in changing Iguain's attitude and play also. Um, Iguain actually scored a goal against Philadelphia. Um, and then after the Philadelphia game... It was, the- yes. Yes, the Philadelphia game. I remember that one. That's the one that he scored from outside the box when we were sitting in the supporter section. Yes. And yes, it was so, a late goal and we lost anyway, but yes, I remember that. Yeah, so that was the game that he scored at. The very next game was on the 16th. It was about uh 4 days later uh where where they ended up playing uh they ended up playing Charlotte FC and in that game Pozuelo played. I think he only played a, a you know, not he didn't play too many minutes. Uh and 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 he scored in that game as well. He scored uh that's the game where we gave up that early goal, the 28 second. Yep. Yes, yep. That that, Robert yeah. Taylor scored. Um, Emerson scored and, and Iguain scored. So, mm-hmm. I mean, look, like I said, I mean, maybe I'm just counting too many goals prior to him. Uh, and I want to give all the credit to Bosuelo because he deserves it. I mean, has, he's a hell of a player. No, he's made. I mean, I'm being facetious. I'm being, I'm being, I don't want to take all the credit away from Iguain. Obviously, he's, yeah. he's a great player. But I mean, I, I honestly think that if Bosuelo's not here, he's not looking as good. So I figured this is a good chance to get into the future. Yeah. Now, we haven't really discussed this in the past, so I'd like to get into this now. Iguain's contract is done after this year. Bosuelo is only signed until the end of the season also. Do you think that we should bring back – I mean, I, I'm pretty sure you're going to say we should bring back Bosuelo. Oh, no, okay. for sure. I think okay. I think okay. bringing That's back Bosuelo is a guarantee. That has to happen. Okay. That has to. Okay. Okay, so, so just wanted to make sure. But Iguain, how do you feel about Iguain as far as him bringing him back? Because I, I feel like uh, I'm, I'm not sure. Like, do you want? Him? I'm glad that he's playing the way he's playing, but do you really want him back on on a, on a DP contract? Look, I think if there's no better, if there's no other better options, I feel like uh, I feel like it would be a risk to take on someone because I mean, I don't know too much about MLS. I'm just getting to learn all of this now, but I imagine that whenever a team brings on a striker, you know, I'm pretty sure that that person more than likely is going to take a DB, a DP spot. No, I mean, not, not all the time, but usually, right? Yes. If it's, it's a big time player that you have to pay a certain amount of money, you would have to give them a DP spot. We have three DP spots. Now, yeah. our three DPs are uh, – Pozuelo currently isn't one. But if we sign him again, he would have to be one. So right now it w- it's Pizarro, which is currently on loan in Mexico. It's Higuain, and it's Matuidi, which is basically an ambassador, which I don't even know why they're still charging us as a DP. So Matuidi's gone after this year. 
Pizarro, I hope, is gone. So as of right now, EY, technically, we could have three DP spots in the offseason. Do you want to fill one of those up with e- Yes. Do you want to fill one of those up with EY? I, I don't know if Pizarro is going to come back or not. I'm not sure how that's going right now. I mean, look, and 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 I don't know how long Campana is on for this. Uh, I mean, he's maybe- also on loan until this year. If we sign him again, we might have to give him a DP contract. I mean, you think so? You think that he's gonna warrant a DP contract at such a young age? And and I mean, not, yeah, I don't want to say money. unproven, but I mean, you think? Would you? Okay, here's a question. So here's a question to you: Would you be willing to give the DP spot to Campana or to Iguain? Uh, if I had to choose, I would choose Campana because I would hope I can get some more years out of him. I, I'm worried that Iguain, although he's he's been performing great over the last couple of weeks, a month or two. Uh, that eventually his play is going to diminish. I mean, he's not getting any younger. Where Campana, I think he's like 21 years old. Yeah, now, the thing with Campana baby. is I believe there's um, a youth DP that, that we can use. Now, the oh. thing is with with the youth DP is when you bring a young player that's under, I want to say 21 or 22, from another country to play here. His first contract can be considered a youth DP. The thing is, Igua, uh, not Igua, I'm sorry, Campana, because he's technically on loan, I don't think it's considered like he's has a contract with the MLS right now. I could be wrong, but I don't think it does. So I think he might still be eligible for the youth DP next season. So if that's the case, we could technically have four DPs if that's the case. But I'm not sure if that's the case yet. Um, I mean, look. I, the way that I see this, it is scary good. The way that Pozuelo and Iguain have been playing. Now, I don't know if Iguain is going to carry the same sort of, uh, I guess the the, you know, the skill that he's been bringing forth right now. But I imagine that they are scary good right now, and to be able to pass that up just to get Iguain out of here and to free up a DP spot. Listen, I'd be more upset if we fill that DP spot with another player who's. I don't want to say unproven, but another player that has to gel with the team. And then imagine that person doesn't gel with Pozuelo. And you know for sure that Pozuelo, it seems to me he can gel with just about anybody. I mean, I'm not worried about him gelling with anybody. I think Pozuelo has to take one of those spots. If Campana isn't eligible for the youth DP, I would give him one of those spots. I don't know if you give Iguay in that spot. Now, Everybody's still hoping for Messi next year. Is that a, a, a reality? Is that something that's actually a possibility? I don't know. Everybody's assuming that it is. If it is, you got to keep one of those DP spots open. So, I mean, so, are you, are you, are, so it's like, are, is everybody here just praying for for Messi to to t- come here and take up that one open DP spot that's just going to be yeah. there, gift wrapped for him? I, well, how frustrated would you be if we give? Pozuelo, Campana, and Iguain, three DP spots. And, and then Messi's like, ah, I want to play in the MLS. Right. And then and then all of a sudden, like, <laughs> I mean, LAFC has managed to, like, work around a lot of that stuff. And they've signed a bunch of players using TAM and, and a bunch of other, like, allocation money. And I'm yeah. not sure what they're doing. A lot of people are saying it's a little shady. But I feel like if you're not shady, you're not trying. So I feel like. That's I mean, what John Max said. So we got to try that also, but playing it by the rules, I feel you have to leave one of those DP spots open for Messi. 
how do you not? If it's a possibility, you got to leave that possibility open, no? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I guess. I mean, look, I, I'm 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 stubborn, so I, I don't know too much. So maybe I'm just being too stubborn about it. And and I I see Messi as like this this like you know. And I don't care. This, I don't like, care. No, I don't, I don't like care. Thing. I don't care how new you are to soccer, Chris. You do not say you're gonna sign Iguain over Messi. But like it, it seems to me no, that no, this whole no. messy <laughs> thing is like, is no. it really possible? It doesn't seem like that. It seems like it, he's like the Easter bunny, like um, uh, you know, I, and I don't want to say that, you know, I want to say something more like he's like this like creature that's in the sky that everybody's just looking at, like, oh man, we need messy. Like, of course, dude, who doesn't want messy on their team? But like, is it really is it really possible other than like just banter? Like, oh yeah, my inner Miami's gonna get messy. Like, oh, of course. I feel like I feel like I mean, can the, we get Ronaldo the, too? Can we get Ronaldo? Like, uh, can I, we I work in uh, Cristiano Ronaldo in one of the DP that, spots, that would, please? That would be pretty dope. Now, I, I I think Ronaldo ends up in MLS eventually, but I think he'll end up in LA. He loves LA. But Messi has been linked here so many times. He has like two homes, an apartment in, in Aventura, and another one. He has more homes and, than uh, I do. Yeah, he has. I feel like he's destined to be here. And if it's true, all those reports about they're going to give him partial ownership, why wouldn't he come? Well, I think I think that that's a smart play because it, it sort of brings him on like long term. Like, what is he going to yes. be like a Udonis and Haslam? Of it, like it'll the... be like it. No, it'll be like a David Beckham. If he's a partial owner, he'll he'll be the face of the franchise along with David Beckham. He can bring his friends, which which are soccer players that respect him. I think that this goes a long way. And obviously, this is a conversation we can have for the next year because it won't be yeah. happening anytime soon. Yeah. But the reason, okay, let's go back to, to the reason we got into this. Would you give Iguain a DP spot? Now, there's allocation money that sometimes you can give these players. I'm not sure exactly how that works. So if we can give like a TAM, a total allocation or something, I honestly forgot the, 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 the acronym for it, but... If we can give him one of those allocation contracts, all right, let's bring him back. But if he costs us a DP spot, would you bring Iguain back? Um, you know what? I I I'm not gonna answer that right now. What I am gonna <laughs> tell you is is that I think that the best thing we could do is have a medianoche prepared for him, uh cafecito from a real abuelita at the cafe uh, with booth. For and, sure. And a cigar waiting for him, and hopefully he'll be able to take that and stay on the team. <laughs> All right, so let's get back to this regular season, right? Because we're getting into the future a little too much. Yeah. So as far as the standings go, we are finally in the playoffs. Top we are currently the seventh seed, and we have the same amount of points as our friends from the north, Orlando. We got 33 points. But if you look right by, below us, eighth and ninth seed, both have 33 points also. So we're in like a four-way tie for the sixth and seventh spot. Yeah. So every game from here on out is absolutely crucial. And I, I believe the majority of our, our upcoming games coming up are all against teams that are fighting for playoff spots also. Uh, I mean, looking at the schedule coming up, you know, we're playing Toronto. We're playing Toronto FC. Uh, you know, they're, they're, you know, fighting for a spot. Um, I mean, the Red Bulls. Bulls, you know, they're still out of it, but but they're 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 in it, but no. they're out of it. The Rebels. No, let me tell you something real quick. If Toronto 
beats us this week. They'll end up with 32 points. They're right back. They'll be one point yeah, behind no, right, they're, they're like they're right a, back in the thick of it. Yeah, they're a nose hair away from us. I mean, and then uh, not only that, but you got the Rebels. I mean, the Rebels are just, you know, they're, they're right above us. Um, you have uh, Columbus Crew right after that. They're right there above us as well. Um, you have Chicago, Chicago Fire. Uh, they're on the they're on the you know tenth place. We got Columbus Crew again. Those two games against Columbus Crew, we need to destroy them. Um, you got DC United, who's who's you know sniffing everybody's sack right now. Uh, <laughs> you, got, you got Toronto FC um, again. Uh, you know, away. So that's going to be kind of tough. And then of course you got Orlando city and then Montreal, Orlando city. We already know that that's going to be a, uh, what is it? What, what are the words by Jim Ross that he always uses? Uh, a slobber knocker. Yeah. That's going to be definitely a slobber yeah. knocker. And then we got, I, uh, I wish I had, uh, I wish I had that, that, that drop right now. I'd love, I'm going to get that for the next one. Yeah. For, for the next sure. Episode. And then we got, you know, Montreal, uh, you know, as far as as far as teams that are you know vying for a playoff spot is concerned, our schedule is loaded. And yes. even and even even this week with the schedule coming up, you know, uh, and, and tell me if you if you have anything to touch up on as far as what our schedule is, you know, concerned. Uh, no, no, no. Our schedule is what it is. Every game, every team that we play is an Easter Conference. Uh, contender they're trying to get into the playoffs the only team that would really play that is kind of out of it and i don't think they will be in it at any point is the jocks universe yes it's dc united even though they pulled off that amazing comeback against orlando which really helped us a couple weeks ago uh but outside of them every game is going to be hard fought unfortunately we have a bunch of road games coming up but no no look at that after we play against toronto this saturday we have three consecutive road games: the Red Bulls, Columbus, and Chicago. Oof. Well, I'm hoping that DC United definitely takes an L tomorrow against LAFC. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just announce this: LAFC is my favorite team on the West Side. Uh, I, that's, Jose, I really, that's your son's favorite team, right? Yeah, and that's my son's favorite team for sure too. He loves Carlos Vela, and. Um, I, I hope that they could lose tomorrow so that way they could just beat everybody else when when we need them to beat everybody else. Um, you know, we have another game that could affect us, Atlanta against uh, the Rebels on Wednesday. Tomorrow. Yeah, okay. you got Toronto against New England tomorrow as well. Wednesday, um, Wednesday. Oh, yeah, I Wednesday. Mean, yeah. Yeah, on Wednesday. And then you got, um, you got New York City FC against, uh, I believe it's against Charlotte. I mean, there's a lot of other games that can that can definitely make an impact as far as the standings are concerned, especially Saturday. There's a ton. Well, we're going to get into Saturday's game real quick against Toronto right now. But I did want to mention, we've been really bad on the road. The last two road games, luckily, we pulled out those four points, which were great because before that we were abysmal. But I will tell you that after this, this game on Saturday against Toronto, Five out of the next six games are on the road. So yeah, it's time to get brutal. things going on the road, yeah. And after those six games, then we have the last two games at home. So it, we need to get this game on Saturday because we're going to be on the road a lot after Saturday. Well, and I think that the road trip that, that Inner had with San, playing San Jose and and uh, and going over to Canada, I feel like that really made a huge difference in 
how they act on the road. Um, you know, playing against Montreal, playing against San Jose, coming out with four points out of two games. I really feel like that could sort of rejuvenate them in terms of on the road performance. Um, you know, as far as the preview is concerned for Toronto, look, I I see this as a beautiful game for Bosuelo. I think that it's going to have Bosuelo written all over it. If there's anybody, of course, that knows them better, it's going to be Bosuelo. And um, I mean, you said that, that Toronto's actually been doing good. I haven't been watching them lately, have they? Look, they have two new Italians. The reason they let Bosuelo go was because they were bringing on this guy, Producci. Okay. Broducci and Insigne both debuted against Charlotte four games ago. In those four games, they've won three and they drew one. They've been putting up goals. They are looking like a well-oiled machine. So they are definitely somebody that isn't going to – it's not going to be an easy game by any means. Um, They also have the most goals from outside the box. So it's not like they wait to build things. They're a bunch of motas, apparently, because (laughs) they're just shooting from outside the box. So uh, I I, this game is going to be tough because those those two players ended up energizing this team, and it it looks like a completely different team. Michael Bradley, he had a a beautiful assist to Insigne uh, just this past weekend. Uh, It's it's not going to be an easy game, but I will tell you. Obviously, this is a new team over the last four games. But up until now, there's only been two teams that are worse on the road. I believe it's Charlotte and San Jose. Other than those two teams, Toronto has been the worst road team in the league. Oh, man, so that's something to that, look forward that, to. So that gives me some hope. The first road game that they won was one of the last four games. So, again, things are changing now that these two guys are on the team. But because we're so good at home and they're a horrible road team, even though these two guys have kind of changed the way things are going, I still have a lot of hope that that we're we're in a good spot because we've been cooking. We've been cooking. They they're one seven and four. They uh, the first actually, win was 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 just against I've been Columbus maybe four to three on the road. They're uh, that that's uh, they're competing for one of the worst. No, Charlotte has one of the worst schedules on the road. Charlotte and San Jose are the only two teams that are worse. Yeah, and uh, but that's uh, one seven and four. It's bad. I mean, I can't say it's bad, bad. I mean, it's bad, but we're not much better. We're two seven and three on the road. So, mm-hmm. um, and the, and one of those two just came just came from a couple you know a couple games ago. Exactly. Um, we've been cooking at home. That's one thing mm-hmm. that I know for certain. And uh, I'm thinking that there's going to be some additional home cooking with some better coffee on the side. Hashtag Abuelas uh, Butelo. Um, we we got to get that going somehow because we need an abuelita back there. Yes, we do for sure. I'm gonna see if I can just go to Hialeah and grab a couple abuelitas. Be like, hey, look, <laughs> we'll pay you a couple of dollars and uh, go make some coffee for everybody at Inner Miami. Mm. Um, yeah, I I see this being like a like a like a a four a four two four three ish game. I see a high scoring game, uh, and okay. and I think it's gonna be like four two. Maybe it's just crazy that i'm thinking that i mean four two four three inner miami of course winning um you know i'm not delusional here i i well i'm with you i think that inter miami is gonna win because i feel i don't know it's it's maybe it's it's a little um bias i guess you could say 
But I feel yeah. like whenever we play at home, I feel like we're going to win. Like, we have a great chance of winning. The last couple of games, we should have won them all. Uh, I'm talking about the Cincinnati game, for example. We should have won that game. Uh, but with the, this new Toronto team and the way they've been playing, I'm a little worried. Like, look, they put up the last four games. They put up four goals against Charlotte. They put up four goals against Nashville. They put up three goals against Portland. And then mm. they had a score in this game against New England there. Mm. But that was on the road. So <laughs> they've been scoring in bunches. Yeah. Um, so I definitely think that we're going to have to score a, a couple goals to win this game. I'm with you. But I do think we win like a close game, like three to two. Uh, Damian Lowe, I feel like I felt great about him being our best defender. But it seems like almost since the Orlando game where he, where he made that own goal, I feel like his play has kind of like taken a dip. I don't know if it, I don't know if it's, and he hasn't been horrible, but I feel like he hasn't been the same since. Um, so I, I don't know how they're going to do to stop this, this Italian mafia that's coming to get us. But I, I think we have a chance. I think we win. I think we win three to two. Well, and, and one thing that I picked up and I keep mentioning this, you know, this uh, press conference by Phil Neville, and I recommend everybody that's watching and listening to go take a look at, at the press conferences after the game. It's super informative to me. Um, you know, Phil Neville was talking about how some of the players were, you know, uh, throwing up or whatnot. I, I mean, there was, there were some players, I guess it seemed like they were sick or something. I'm not sure. Um, maybe you can kind of hang it up on that. Uh, I'm I'm very surprised on Lowe's performance as well. It, it's not like he's become the worst defender of all time, but yeah, it's like you said, you could definitely see that there's a decline in his performance, mm -hmm. especially being the best center back that we have, uh, in my opinion. He is. He, I mean, I think he is. I mean, McVeigh plays pretty well, but um, but I think I think Lowe is, is definitely our best defender. I'm center back. I mean, yeah, yeah, for sure. As far as the center back is concerned, I mean, Sailor came on. Uh, a little bit, you know, later in the game, he was playing pretty effectively, um, you know. Uh, but but like oh, you said, and, some, and something that you brought off brought up off the podcast that I, I don't want to go without um, mentioning. You were bringing up the fact that Mota is really helping out defensively, and not just defensively, but when we're when we're building the plays up from the back, he's coming out, he's assisting, he's giving Calendar an extra outlet. And yeah. it's really helping. It's really helping. I think Mota has been playing a lot better recently. And he had a great strike also uh, yeah. at some point in the game that where Strong Johnson had to stretch out to block that shot. Well, it's, it's a it's good his, thing. Uh, uh -huh. I know. You were saying it's his, uh-huh. It's his trademark. Another shot off from outside the box. Well, I mean, at this point, like, hopefully he doesn't go two back and try at the half point mark to no, try to score. No, this one was score. all the money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, at this point, we might as well just see him try half court shots. You know, <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't be, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if he tries something foolish like that. I mean, but well, he's, well, he's, he's been he's, playing well. He has. He's been on point. You know, as far as his uh, accuracy is concerned. So I'm, I'm looking for, forward to his performance as well. He's, he's, he's definitely one of the people that are willing to take a shot when necessary. So that's one thing I have to commend him on. He, he's balls for to sure. the wall. For sure. Well, so. You're saying you think they win a high-scoring game. You said that you believe it's going to be, what was it? Like 4-3. I think four, it's 4-3. Three. Three. Okay. You say 4-3. I'm going to – I'm saying 3-2. to two. Um, I, I, I think that they're going to get on the board. Uh, our defense allows goals. I mean, we don't have many shutouts to our name, and, and they've been playing great offensively. So I do think we're going to have to score – 
I think we get on the board three to two, and, and I think we take another one. Hopefully, hopefully it's not another late game winner. Hopefully we can take that lead and kind of just keep it all the way through, even though it's still stressful at the end. But we'll see. Anything else here, Chris, or are we signing off? Yeah, I mean, we're signing off, but, uh, you know, until next uh, until next time for sure, hopefully we'll be, you know, starting this podcast with another W. That's for sure. I'm looking forward to this game, man. I'm pumped. Well, well we need this one because after this, it's just a bunch of road games. Yeah. After this, the next road game is on September 13th. And after that, we don't have a road game, a home game until October 4th or 5th, that, that game against Orlando. So the season's closing down soon. We don't have many home games left. So we got to find that Abuelita soon. And I got something big to talk about with Chicago when that game comes up. But until that time comes, <laughs> it's hashtag Abuela Bustelo, guys. Yes, sir. All right, we're signing off. And don't forget, believe. Believe, bitches. Let's go. No!